This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled, Keeping the Faith, Nephite Names Find a Home in Middle East, by Michael R. Ash. Read by Ned Skarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at deseretnews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. Nephi begins his story by telling us that in about 600 B.C., his father Lehi received a divine command to take his family and flee Jerusalem. This initial group consisted of Lehi, his wife Sariah, and their four sons, Laman, Lemuel, Sam, and Nephi. Daughters are not mentioned, probably because in ancient patriarchal societies they don't mention females as frequently as males. Elder Erastus Snow, however, who knew Joseph Smith, claimed that the lost 116 pages mention Ishmael's sons marrying Lehi's daughters. I'd like to pause the story here to talk a bit about the names we have found in 1 Nephi. First, we have Lehi. The word appears in the Bible as a place name, but not as a proper name. And while the name seems to be mostly unknown in the ancient Near East, there are tentative connections to an ancient Arabic and Neo-Babylonian versions of a similar name. Lehi's wife Sariah, however, has a much more fascinating old-world parallel. According to Dr. Jeffrey Chadwick, who holds a Ph.D. in archaeology and Semitic languages, the likely Hebrew spelling of Sariah would be S-apostrophe-R-Y-H. While Sarai is not found in the King James Bible, Sarai is a well-documented male name in ancient Israel and appears 19 times in the Old Testament, representing 11 different men. Until recently, however, it was not known to represent a female name. So even if Joseph was able to read Hebrew in 1829, which he could not, Why would he use a common Israelite male name for Lehi's wife? In 1925, a collection of papyrus was discovered on the island of Elephantine near the Nile River. The documents were kept by a small colony of Jews who, perhaps as early as the 8th century B.C., left Jerusalem but remained in contact with the Jews in Jerusalem. On one of the papyrus documents, written in Aramaic, we find the name Sariah. Although the language of the document is Aramaic, the name, it has been shown, is Hebrew. Non-Mormon scholars have translated this part of the papyrus as Sariah, daughter of Hoshea, son of Harmon. This was the first time that a name had been shown to belong to a woman in the same general area and time as we find in the Book of Mormon. As for Nephi's older and often rebellious brothers, Laman and Lemuel, we find that the personal name Lemuel is mentioned in the Bible, but Laman is not. Dr. Hugh Nibley noted many years ago that these names are not only Arabic, but they also form a genuine pair of pentant names, such as ancient Semites of the desert 
were wont to give their two eldest sons. An Approach to the Book of Mormon, page 232. The name Sam seems completely out of place in an ancient Israelite document. It has, in fact, been the target of criticism and by various anti-Mormons through the years. It is also, however, a perfectly good Egyptian name, and it is also the normal Arabic name for Shem. Nephi is not found in the King James Bible, but is found in the Apocrypha as a place name. The Apocrypha are part of the Catholic collection of scriptures, which was available in Joseph's day, but is not included in the Protestant scriptures such as the King James Version Bible. Whether Joseph had access to the Apocrypha in 1829 is unknown, but unlikely. If we look to see if the name Nephi is at home in the world of Lehi, we find confirmation. In the vicinity and time in which the Lehites lived in the Old World, we have assertions of names that could be translated into English as Nephi. We don't know how Book of Mormon names were pronounced, but typical readers have given the I and Nephi a long sound, whereas a long E sound is equally plausible. From ancient Egypt, during Lehi's day, we find the name NFR with the Semitic transcription NPY, the P being vocalized as F. By the time the Lehites fled Jerusalem, the Egyptian R in NFR was no longer pronounced, and a long E sound was placed in its place. This demonstrates the name is at home in the right place at the right time, as the Book of Mormon claims. We'll discuss more Book of Mormon names as we encounter them in this series, but for now, it is important to understand that while some critics have claimed that Joseph Smith simply created these names out of thin air for a fictional Book of Mormon, the evidence demonstrates that many of these names have authentic ancient parallels from the right time and right place which the Book of Mormon claims to have emerged. If you like this podcast, you can help promote it by subscribing to it in iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that a fair Mormon. Mm-hmm.